I don't have moonshine with me. Hipster. I may take one shot. Um, yeah, good moonshine. Butter pecan flavored. Mwah. Yeah, it, 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 it is so American. Uh, Got some alcohol here, and I'm going to put some sugar syrup in it. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, corn <laughs> with natural and artificial flavors. That That's America. <laughs> Should we mute Jark? Or I'm not hearing the echo, so... No, no, no. Yeah. I we muted. We muted was because of the of our streaming endeavor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. The reason we didn't have an episode last week is I accidentally uh, muted Giark. Uh, I think that's <laughs> that's what happened. Is it Giark or Giark? You know, like GIF or GIF. Oh, I don't know. It's just Craig backwards. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're. Uh, yes, good job, mustache. <laughs> Whatever. Tell you, I don't care what they call me. They can call me a Marxist, a Jesuit, a flat earther, a Trotskyite, a vegetarian. I don't care what I'm called. Because I know why they call us names. It's because they dare not face our arguments. Welcome to Most Moderate, a podcast where our demands most moderate are that we only want the. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. My name's Alex. My name's Esten. And my name's Miguel. Today, we're joined by the secretary slash treasurer of the Young World Federalists, Nicholas Rowe. Air <laughs> So, uh, today, we have, as always, our creatively named segment, The News. Alex will discuss... Uh, Fabio de Masi's not standing for the Bundestag next in the next uh, election. Then we'll discuss the uh, PRO Act here in the States. Then moving on, our main discussion mm-hmm. will be celebrating the launch of the International Socialist Working Group within the Young World Federalists. And so starting off with the news, yeah, can you uh, tell here. us about Fabio? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Um, so who's Fabio de Masi? Um, he was the direct candidate for Hamburg St. Pauli, uh, which is a notoriously known leftist part of Hamburg. Um, tourists may know um, its famous street uh, where there are a lot of prostitutes and stuff. Yeah, that's it. Um, he was the delegate cool. for Die Linke, which is the most leftist party in Germany. Uh, that worked on questions of financial policy, which is a part of politics that is known for being hard to grasp and even harder to communicate to the broad public. Uh, recently, he was on the Committee of Inquiry uh, that worked on the wirecard fraud, um, which in itself is a topic that is very important uh, to know about when we talk about uh, modern class warfare. Fabio de Masi is well known for his communication. He could put complex topics in easy words, and thus help the Linker position itself in a way that could be understood by everyone. Insofar, a great member of the Linker is resigning, following his own words also because of the unhappiness about the inner workings of the party. But that's another cup of tea I don't want to touch here because ranting is Brandon's job. But yeah, okay. just let... <laughs> Sh- shots fired again. And just... Just let me finish before you start reading uh, by saying that I really clearly uh, miss Fabio De Masi, uh, but I still, of course, wish him the best for the next years of his life, which he lives in South Africa, uh, which he calls his second home. So n- now it's the time I can give the word to Brendan. So he can go on with the right. Writing. Well, okay. Thank you. Thank you for humbly. Con- uh, well, first off, I'd like to say like Fabio is like weirdly attractive. Oh. Definitely. <laughs> 
my screen anytime soon. Uh, rest in peace, Fabio, in that regards. Um, yeah, it's actually quite interesting. I, I only heard about him uh, when Alex brought him up uh, in preparation for this episode. And, I, you know, I was started looking into him. And he's a pretty interesting guy. He's uh, talked a lot in English press. Um, but uh, he's had a few interviews with Jacobin Magazine in which quite savage about the Social Democrats, which instantly yeah. enters him to my heart. Not necessarily to social democracy as a, but like the Social Democratic Party institution. Uh, particularly, he was talking about uh, the uh, fight within the SPD about uh, forming a grand coalition with the uh, DU uh, in 2018, and he uh, it was quite quite critical of both sides of the argument in that uh and i thought he had some spicy takes that i i enjoyed uh he criticized the right wing of the social democratic party for not being social democrats and the left wing of the social democrats for not knowing what to do and it, it was good um and he talked more about like why does delinka not succeed in drawing away yeah. more support from the spd which i think is an important question for anyone in modern politics, I think most countries' main uh, social democratic or socialist parties have been uh, overtaken uh, by neoliberal. And this uh, fight against austerity, against neoliberalism uh, as a force within our parties, uh, he has some interesting thoughts on. And I hope explore some of his writing later on. Uh, I think he's an interesting dude and weirdly interesting. <laughs> also yeah uh hamburg or hamburg uh it's like the one city in in germany that other than berlin that i know is like really left wing um because it, it kind of has a reputation uh for up g20 oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. kind of has that anti-globalization uh strength <laughs> that makes them uh i saw someone describe it as the seattle of of Germany or the port one, but anyways, well, that was I like those places. Point. I'm from Seattle. I've been to Hamburg. In Seattle. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, what about Bremen? I thought Bremen was also like super left and has been. Mm. Alex, I uh, know. Like in in all these cities, uh, there's no particular uh, majority of voters. Like most people in Germany since like 1949 are voting for the uh, for CDU, and that's that. So. Uh, they've always been the strongest party and adjacently there are a lot of people in all the cities vo uh, voting for them. Uh, regions that are pretty leftist are in Western Germany um, around uh, Dortmund, Köln and stuff. Uh, you know, maybe Aston could know it as uh, the Ruhrpott, uh, like it was the uh, region in Germany where uh, in earlier times uh, there was a lot of coal mining going on and steel. Uh, factories. Yeah, I know the Ruhrgebiet. The the yeah. Ru yeah, yeah, exactly. The Ruhrgebiet, the the Ruhrpott, um, and that's where where SPD and Linke were strong and are still strong. But uh, yeah, the the voters are shifting as always, and sadly they are shifting to the right at the moment. Okay, all well, right. We'll learn more so about German politics. Through. Like uh, Hamburg is uh, just to get back to that topic. Hamburg is. Uh, pretty much uh, the a city of uh, poor people and ultra rich people like there are uh, mm -hmm. there are areas in the cities wh uh, where there only uh, live like multimillionaires and stuff. yeah I, I was where, 
looking yeah. into this, Hamburg has the it's highest so... concentration of millionaires in the country. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, it's it's so split. Like uh, they, it's uh, like the closest in Germany, except for Munich, which is an, a whole another cup of tea. Uh, but uh, the closest we've come to having gated communities yet. Uh, we at the moment we don't have them, uh, but Hamburg's pretty close to introducing one for their million. Oh wow! Wow. So transitioning into the American Empire, we're yeah. going to be talking a little bit about the PRO Act uh, that's that passed the House and uh, is up for debate whether or not it will pass in the Senate. Uh, the PRO Act, for those who don't know, is the uh, it is the looking for the uh, Protect the Right to Organize Act. Um, its goals are to uh, restore fairness to the economy by strengthening the federal laws that protect workers. The right to join a union and the right to join a union uh as everyone should know unions are critical to increasing wages and creating an economy that rewards the working people and not just uh the bosses in particularly in america have been under attack by special interests and have uh at every uh point along the way been backed by the federal government um nearly every uh democratic president in the last 50 years has been elected in part due to the continued support of the labor movement and nearly with each president there's always a push for federal labor uh regulations every president including obama notoriously uh once they get elected forgets about it uh but this one looks to be it has a chance of passing the senate so what does this um so one it introduces uh enforceable uh penalties for companies that uh violate workers rights so the bill uh gives the nlrb which is the national labor relations board of the federal government some actual teeth now the law is passed it can find uh businesses that are found to uh use unfair labor practices for every case they could be fined fifty thousand dollars that's not going to cripple amazon uh necessarily unless uh, they continue to do what they've been doing in alabama infringe upon the rights of the worker at every stage and so really what this may not tackle a walmart or a amazon can handle the hit but most american workers work in small businesses and those are the least uh accountable the tyranny of the corporation uh is just as bad as the tyranny of the small boss um it's just at least people can cancel a corporation on twitter really that's the only recourse we have at the moment um two uh it expands uh workers collective bargaining rights and closes loopholes for uh corporations to exploit workers one of the most notable loopholes has been in a uh union drive is happening um there's a loophole for that first contract where the uh, employer can force the negotiations to an impasse and then uh, just come up with his own contract and enforce it upon the union. And this, this kills unions. Uh, they don't get anything they want. People immediately lose faith in the union. Five years later, there's not a union anymore. Um, and three, it strengthens workers' access to fair union elections and requires corporations to respect the results. That um, is pretty clear enough. One of the ways they intend to do this is to restrict the employer uh, by putting any categories upon a organizing block. So 
if I was to try to organize uh, a factory, right? Y'all would like an industrial union. That's a quite hard thing to achieve. Um, and say I'm with the janitor, I'd probably be a janitor. Um, I could try to get the janitors to organize, say I was successful, but the mechanics, they don't want to use. The employer can decide, oh, this bargaining unit, the janitors, isn't big enough. You need to include the mechanics because they know the mechanics won't or, uh, won't unionize. With this uh, new law, the unions determine their bargaining block, and so they can form micro units, uh, oh. including down to one. And so it uh, can allow for, say, a business has a thousand employees, and a hundred employees want to uh, unionize. That hundred uh, employees, uh, so it makes becoming a you much. Um, and it protects the rights of those you to strike. Um, is there like a minimum end? Can you be uh, like one person? No, uh, because uh, to be protected under national uh, strikes or anything like that it has to be a collective action. That collective, I don't remember it being defined as any particular number, but that would include at least more than one. Um, so, yeah, this is pro the most expansive uh, labor law uh, push. Uh, at least in 60 years, we've not seen actually far longer. We've not seen something this comprehensive uh, and like this strong since FDR. It's the question whether or not. Yeah, Joe that's Biden. That's my question. I wouldn't keep your. <laughs> no. So <laughs> Joe Biden like... ran on being the most labor-friendly president in decades. Uh, he mostly to try to win back the Rust Belt. Uh, you know, a former union stronghold. Uh, and with the $2,000, you can't really trust the Biden administration. But it, it does come yeah. down to how the Senate will break up. Uh, that actually remains uh, to be seen. So currently, the major and holding back Craddock caucus is Joe Manchin out of West Virginia. Uh, Virginia does happen to be one of the few places that elects Democrats. The union still have some measure of influence. So it might they might be able to get Joe Manchin on board. But uh, likely, uh, the Democrats are going to have to convince a few Republicans to cross the street, uh, at which I don't see as. So what's your y'all's? I mean, I could imagine uh, even Joe Joe coming in at the end and saying, "This is terrible. Mm. I don't like this." Are you talking about Joe Manchin? Joe Biden. Sorry. Joe Biden. Godfather. Tell two bows. Uh, Joe's. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to Joe Manchin, he typically does this thing where he you know he makes a show of opposing mm. a bill. And then he, you know, eventually votes for it to surprise everyone. Yeah. So, Good. Yeah. Yep. Good political theater. So, yeah. It sounds the the act sounds pretty good. Uh, it's almost like I was waiting for you to be like, but it has this major <laughs> terrible flaw that mm. uh, yeah. is going to be exploited. But it sounds like it doesn't. So that's great. No, it it's. Has... Gen I I would say the uh, the mean like the fine my opinion it's not big enough to really ward off a bigger company i wish it was a scaling thing uh and in the way i i suspected it would screw people over uh it didn't right it made uh, protections for undocumented workers and it makes it to where if there's unfair labor practices against undocumented workers they can still get paid uh, and so the they uh, they can still sue the company or the union can and they are still entitled to their back wages. And wage theft is the number one theft in the United States. And so that's massive. And it, uh, 
I, I really thought that was a loophole because that's been the loophole for a lot of these things is with uh, the reverse uh, army of labor. And that's um, made up quite a bit uh, by undocumented. But no, the union said, fuck that, uh, that we're all getting paid, uh, which is part of the reason I, I'm, I don't think it'll pass. Uh, I, I have to <laughs> it's too good to pass. <laughs> Yeah. What can a company be fined for, like these 50k dollars uh, you mentioned? Uh, when could they be fined for, or what could they be fined for? Uh, so that it would, that works is a, an employee or a union, if they have one, has to submit a complaint to the National Labor Relations. Mm -hmm. uh, they have investigators. Uh, and yeah. so there's actually a whole lot that can be investigated. OSHA violations, those of self and hate, uh, Whoa. Self and safety. Yeah, safety, health, health yeah, all that. Uh, I don't know. My mind just broke. broke. Uh, uh, just uh, unpaid overtime, really any uh, trying to break a union, um, hiring permanent strike breakers would also be closed out in this, which it's not currently. Uh, and it would also uh, ice different types of strikes. Uh, that's also been a problem here in the States. Some courts uh, recognize the right strike as like the old school picket line outside instead of a slowdown or a one day of which happened out at Walmart. And so it's actually super broad. Uh, we have a ton of labor laws of book. It's just they can't be meaningly enforced by the NLRB. Mm -hmm. And so one of the few good things Joe Biden has done is he's replaced the general counsel to the NLRB with an actual uh, trade union. Uh, and so there's already shaping up to be a change at the National uh, Labor Relations Board and actually enforcing its policy. It just needs the teeth to do so. Yeah, I, like in, from our, my German perspective, where we have pretty strong union. Um, I gotta say that I think this tiger uh, lacks it because uh, 50K just isn't enough. If, you, if it comes down to it, like um, if you have uh, a few employees, like two or three on uh, on minimum wage in the US, uh, 50K dollars mm -hmm. would come down to pay three of them a decent wage. Like uh, that's the money needed to top up their uh, their financial gains per month so they could. And the question or what question or in the question it comes down, at least for me in this case, uh, is if uh, one company can be sued multiple times and if this won't be possible if like if um, the company can say yeah we're gonna do uh, this violation we're gonna pay the 50k one time and then we are safe for all time uh, it's gonna be more okay. financially uh, beneficial, yeah. so beneficial to them to just pay the fine once instead of paying their employees better and so going back to how the American uh, system works. This is past the House, right? So it's still pretty much a draft. It has mm -hmm. to be passed in the Senate, and then the two bills in the Senate and the House must become the same. So it is quite possible this is one of the places Republicans attack the bill on and uh, weaken it. But in its current form, it does have that, where it can be repeatedly applied for the amount of uh, infractions the company does. Uh, the question becomes, what will the final bill uh in, the, in this, uh, this is probably like the best act I've seen the AFL-CIO come out with mm. ever. 
uh, <laughs> as long as I've been alive and as long as I've been reading about the labor uh, movement, uh, it's it's almost like they actually got together and thought about, hey, what would actually help the workers <laughs> uh, instead of the trade union bureaucrats? It, it's actually a phenomenal piece of legislation. Uh, it's just it's going to get butchered in the Senate. I, yeah, that's what I'm expecting. That's yeah. all. It's only going to apply to like military industrial companies. Oh well, no, that's again in the draft. That's actually one of the uh, I think the most important things is it expands what an employee. So we now currently have this very arbitrary and antiquated notion of what divides a contractor and a employee of a company, and it's this it's this long formula uh, that was created in like the 20s. It's not exactly relevant to the modern wor workforce. And this uh, uh, gives three criterion uh, that has to be satisfied to make you a, a contractor. And you it's starting off from the philosophical. You are an employee unless you uh, fulfill these three. Uh, and so that's fundamentally a different approach to that. And it would bring in most most gig worker into uh, and make them actual employees. Oh and my it god! Would, uh, re yeah, and it would repeal right to. Uh, oh my god! That's a crazy uh, bill. That is not going to pass the Senate. As forgot is. to mention, nope. that. it's actually great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, twenty-seven states in the country uh, have right to work laws, laws on the book, and some of them, I don't remember the number, has it in, in their literal state constitution. Federal law would but, effectively make that null and void. I feel like today's really? going to be a pretty joyful episode, but uh, as soon as the uh, bill is rejected, we're going to yes. have a depression-filled episode again. Go back to our fascism that we always talk yeah, about. Yeah, back, back to fascism straight. Yeah, well, I was trying to keep the happy. That's why I decided to talk about the Pro Act. Um, but yeah, watch my oh, yeah. baby uh, get bored. But yeah, I, I literally have nothing bad to say about this bill, except, you know... The left is being like, it could go further, but no, it's uh, yeah. sure. for me, it's the right yeah. to work as someone who, uh, who works in a right to work state it fucking, um, and it prevents the unions from collecting dues from people who benefit from the union, uh, whether or not they're actually a member and it would end that. So, or it would significantly weaken those laws, if not outright mm -hmm. make them null. So I could see this if it does pass, crossed, I could see that it go into courts. You know, I think you'd see a state oh. bring a case up, you oh, know, yeah. making someone pay to be in a union and it's not freedom. Right. Oh, that'd be yeah, awful. Not freedom. Supreme Court. Yeah, and now then we watch the Supreme well, Court the Supreme just eradicate labor laws. Yeah. <laughs> One gavel. Well, it is particularly awful on labor. Uh, and the Supreme Court is historically awful on labor law. They, uh, and they, enshrined the right to uh, strike they also enshrined the right to lock a lot for the employers to uh, lock out employees um in, the, in their reasoning it made things fair as if the relationship between the bosses and the workers is ever fair. um it sucks but it's fine but workers it's voluntary are going to strike voluntary you choose yeah. to work boss a choice right <laughs> so moving on to like the main joyous topic of this episode uh we're talking about the international socialist working group uh in the ywf um and so putting off nicholas or eston would you mind explaining what the recent changes have have uh have done uh, nick should do this nick's our... as a um as a disclaimer mm. i am a social democrat and i'm a ping member oh god <laughs> 
<laughs> the terrible where, way to start. Where, where does the money come from? Uh, I mean, what money do you pay uh, your your uh, Jews with? Like, is it from? It's George Soros. It's always George Soros. <laughs> yeah. I, re I receive a check every month from the Open Society Foundation for my membership. <laughs> is that not normal? That's how YWF exists. Yeah. Did you guys set up direct? Deposit? I haven't gotten like, mine. <laughs> Wait, y'all are getting paid? It's the same with me, like, I'm paid by Angela Merkel to, uh, broaden <laughs> German world domination, so, yeah. um, that's why yeah, I'm here. I'm here on behalf of by, Marxist I get paid Association. By, <laughs> I, get, I get paid by the Jewish cabal. Um, oh, that's good. I like to see all of our collective interests. Yeah, this is a bit like the G7 <laughs> or something at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I get paid yeah. by the gay agenda, yeah. so that's... I also get paid by the gay agenda. Did you guys see that poll that, that shows 17% of Gen Z being not straight? Of, of Generation what? Z. Oh. I believe it yeah, because I've slept with so many. They were, they were <laughs> like, warning us. We did it. I am Gen I, I can say that. Yeah. When does Gen Z too. start? Can I get in that? Or no, you're, you're too old, Aston. No, Aston, we are too old. Oh, I'm not. I'm, it's I, 96. I think something's going on that I don't understand. If I download TikTok, yeah. do I get it? So I like, gonna... How do I? No. What do I have to Ooh, do? Oh, no. no. No, there's enough. There's enough old people on there. Yeah. <laughs> also, if I remember correctly, you're also down the red, uh, Reddit rabbit hole. Um, I think it's too late yeah. for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Isn't it interesting? It's what technology you use is what defines your generation now. Yeah. But it is yeah. actually like. Uh, like we are most moderate brought to you mostly, by the gay agenda. <laughs> we are mostly grown up with technological devices and the internet, but like our parents or this generation of our parents, like they they had to adopt uh, this kind of technology, and I really um, I really believe it's it's pretty much shapes modern socialization of uh, people, at least in 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 the Western yep. world. I think you're yeah. I've always Which had is why we run our organization online. online. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, yeah. To get back to YWF. Anyways, Nick. Yeah, we YWF. <laughs> After clearing up who, are, who we are funded from, so um, I think yeah. our audience should know about this. I, I should Hold just start putting that in our show notes. Of transparency. <laughs> okay, Nick. Um, okay. To give some background, around two years ago, I founded YWF. Like I could. And at the time, it was kind of like a, a dictatorship, the board of directors. Mm. We had like a few guys who were in charge of everything. And that was basically it. There was no transparency, no nothing. And we've been changing that slowly over the past two, more democratic, more transparent, and to engage more people. And what we've done in the past few weeks is that we've rewritten our bylaws to create a membership with voting power and with yeah, a, a certain, you know, a list of rights and benefits, basically ensuring that our organization is democratic and that there is accountability. And as part of that membership, where, you know, pay any amount of money per month, you get to vote, you get invited to meetings, you, you gain a bunch of other benefits. We've also created working groups, and these working groups are meant to focus on specific issues and to focus on specific identity. The only ones we have right now are the International Socialists and the European Federalists, but eventually we want to set up, you know, more working groups, an African Federalism group, or an LGBT plus, or a women's work. And when, when it comes to, you know, the, the International Socialist working group, the, um, this is something Esten and I had talked about in the past because you know there there was a lack of of uh, of you know resources and, and things to engage socialist world federalists. It, it wasn't you know like you know for someone like me who's you know not a socialist and more liberal and stuff. 
the organization was fine, like I loved it and everything. But for someone who is really passionate about socialism, it's difficult to tell them you can't talk about that. You just have to talk about world federalism, mm -hmm. which is why we decided to create right. this working group. So, you know, those people have a place to, you know, to talk about socialism and to develop socialism's perspective. Oh, I love that. I like how you said yeah. those people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm those people. If Efton had proposed The second it, I heard about it, I paid a dollar. I, I imagine the reaction would have been different. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. That was a really good... That was a really good summary. And it, it was um it was based on the Democratic Socialists of America. They have working groups. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of where the, the inspiration comes from. Yeah. Oh, I, I think, was on I my think labor uh, we love, yeah. I I think we love the, the DSA here, don't we, Brandon? <laughs> okay, oh, no. don't, don't, uh, don't, yeah, don't, don't add me like that. <laughs> I'm not going to go into my socialist party rant, okay? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we just we just follow. We also what is the other one you like to look at, Nick? It's like the libertarians or something. We look at them yeah. from an organizational libertarian party, the new lip. There's a lot of organizations and uh, just copy them. Yeah, that's a big take. Yeah, there's a lot of organizations. Yeah. yeah, no, I. This I, is a fact. <laughs> Sometimes I think it's almost fact. too many. Brandon, I'm always spitting up these. Uh, there's a lot of work. Uh, yeah, I, I'm particularly <laughs> excited about this working group. You know, world federalist movement generally is a very liberal place. That's not a, necessarily a bad thing. It is, but it's not. Uh, it, it, it could be conservative thing like the pan-european league which i would have no place in uh i can at least be in ywf and it doesn't hurt my conch yes. we're the, trying the not the to idea be liberal you know we're trying to be nonpartisan, but i understand yeah we try it's yeah. difficult well, I, I think there's a difference between the two mm -hmm. and i'm not talking about liberal in the american like political context mm -hmm. but there's a certain yeah. like set of values that brings together a lot of world federalists excludes a lot of like open nationalists that, that just wouldn't like the attractive and so it, mm -hmm. it's even though it wants to be a big tent certain people are attracted quicker than others i would say at least mm -hmm. now in this current state um and so to have this explicitly uh place that hey you socialists you can talk over here uh to me is super super exciting and, and it's full of potential because i think world federalism itself has a lot of potential within a socialist uh, politics. Um, I, I think it's an idea that can be easily brought into the broad, broader uh, labor movement and the broader uh, socialist. Uh, and I, that's kind of what I'm excited to see what comes out of this working, uh, what people think of how we can achieve that, uh, what a s socialist vision of a world federation might be, uh, you know, things like that. Just like th there's limitless potential uh, and melding these two ideas, uh, and mm -hmm. it's got me hyped. I gotta say, <laughs> I'm, I love that. Yeah. I love how hyped you are. Yeah. That's fucking great. Makes me Lola feel Maverick much. Lloyd, who founded or co-founded the first World Federalist Organization, socialist. So there is, you know, a history going back. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, always there's always been that current within the movement, but it's never been organized. Mm -hmm. You know, Einstein, yeah. Einstein, you know, believed in a World Federalist vision. He was also a very famous socialist, right? Before, yeah. uh, you know, H.G. Wells believed in a world government. Like this is like a live and vibrant part of the history of both movements, but mm -hmm. they've kind of been walled off since the. And mm -hmm. so I, I would like to see uh, Mr. Gorbachev tear down that wall. Mm. We can. <laughs> Great, yeah. love that, Reagan. So, um, <laughs> <yeah>. Est. <laughs> this is the only time I'll quote 
bring it on this show in a positive way. <laughs> or at least oh, in no. a you know what I, at my least favorite rating quote is uh, at least in a meany way. The five most dangerous words in the English language are I'm from the government and I'm here to help or whatever. Ten, ten most dangerous words. That's my favorite, Greg. Yeah, it's he had some good one-liners. Um, Eston, you're a member of the working group. What what would you like to come out of it? Yeah, I love you, that you... First, I love that you're uh, excited about it um, and want... And I second all of your ideas. I think that using it as a vehicle to... Yeah, unite the two movements, which, as you say, are sort of yeah disparate, uh, divided, um, is really interesting. It's a it's a it's a big goal, but definitely in some way achievable. So, especially mm -hmm. what you were talking about last week uh, with like a labor movement that you said that we need to get labor involved in terms of like strike as a mm -hmm. political tool. Um, I think that's really valuable, and I would love to see something like that. Like we need like pamphlets, or I don't know, it's not pamphlets anymore. We need social media posts about. I don't know, striking or something. Just interesting things to think about, I guess. Yeah, the role of the labor movement and any and a broader democratic movement for world federalism. I think uh, labor is a key component. I'm actually kind of sad that part of the episode was lost. As I think we'll mm -hmm. have to reapproach those ideas. But as the two non-members, not to call you out or anything, uh, <laughs> Alex, what's your initial ideas? to at least hearing that there's a working group, a socialist working group in a world federalist organization. Well, as you guys know, um, I have a weakness for uh, Leon Trotsky and his ideas of international socialism. And right. uh, that's where I see this one as well. Like um, when he recurs to Lenin and his work of uh, imperialism as highest state of capitalism and concludes that in an imperialist capitalist uh, world, there can't be single or singular socialist states. And I think he's really true on that one. And um, you've talked about liberalism already. Like, um, I, I really like liberalism. I want people to be free, but there are certain problems today, like climate change and mass migration um, that need to be approached through a um, yeah, in an organized manner, at least. And here I see uh, the uh, socialist working, of course, as a positive thing uh, to have mm -hmm. an, a board where we can exchange ideas on that and where we can organize. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, just to play off those ideas, uh, I, I would say neither am I. Like, I like certain parts of liberalism as a thing, right? It's mostly the economic sphere, which I think it's awful uh, but i think there's certain promises that were made in the the liberal revolutions up in here in, in america that were never fulfilled right and in my mind that's what's the for me socialism is the fulfillment of those promises that were not kept of mm. uh pretty wow. in the pursuit yeah. of happiness. that's very interesting but you know that's just me um i'm i'm on but, your page here. Uh, like yeah. um it's I, I really believe in social liberties, but um, mm -hmm. some social liberties yeah. will need to be cut. Um, like they are, I don't want to go too far here, but they are uh, <laughs> connected to um, the ideological paradigms we live under today. I love I... any phrase that, that begins with, I like social liberties, but... That sounds like a great point to start from. Uh, yeah, I love freedom. I, I, however, I give, I, I give you one example. Like in, in Germany, we have a famous autobahn where you can drive as fast as you want. 
but I I really I really love driving fast. Like uh, the fastest I've gone is 250 kilometers per hour, which is really fucking fast. Like it's <laughs> 100 150 meters every second. Like it's it's really really fast, and it's it's it makes you horny in a sense. Like uh, <laughs> you, are you get German proper, right now. You get a proper erection while driving me fast. Oh my god! And in Germany, we right now have uh, the discussion on uh, cutting this privilege of uh, driving as fast as you want uh, and introducing a limit of 130 just per hour. Personally, I would Ashes. really hate it. I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I really, as I can just say it again, it makes me horny to drive fast. But <laughs> we have to mark but, this episode explicit now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but we need strong language, as I uh, already said in my segment about Fabio de Masi. Uh, but I really see the benefits of cutting this privilege uh, to um, to shifting the speed limit to 130 kilometers per hour. And this is a part of freedom no one should have, because it's not in the in the in a bigger picture. It's just uh, not beneficiary to uh, the rest of the people. Like there are certain drawbacks, like there are uh, more accidents on the autobahn while driving mm. fast. Uh, there is more pollu pollution uh, happening while driving fast in comparison to uh, driving slower. And a lot of these things, and uh, there are reasonable arguments to cut those kinds of um, perceived liberties. See, um... I've never gone over 130, so that just... So you've wow. never been horny. You've never, <laughs> I, never I came can't before. Go there, but um, <laughs> I, I'm more of the stereotypical American. I, I, I'm a civil libertarian when it comes to a lot of things, right? I, Do you I, support gun rights? Yes. Oh my God. Oh, I love you. Oh my gosh. We need to form a global like, gun rights working group. I'm a member of the Socialist Rifle uh, oh, okay. Association. Socialists love guns. I love, in, in America, yeah. I'm familiar love with guns. it. <laughs> That's a good one. Right. Their subreddit right. is hilarious. All the rifles with like the trans flag and shit like on it. It's like, oh, it's great. <laughs> it's a mind chef. Um, so right, I I have like this just general like when it comes to civil liberties. Uh, due to the history of America and how repressive our government is. Although Germany beats us in that regard, uh, <laughs> I, we, we've had a much more forceful reaction to that government and that we, uh, most Americans hate the government, even the left. Um, and other than like your mainstream liberal, like everyone's the government. I, I don't government. know. I still have that urge to be like, <laughs> but I, what yeah. if I want to go... 180 miles an hour man uh or more importantly <laughs> you know what if i don't want my free uh no that that's something that i struggle with but i i think for discussion that needs to be had on the left on whether or not we accept the rights as rights uh as we conceive of them now or do we have to transform them to make them acceptable this world i think that's something later so here's Miguel. what I Yes. Here's what I don't understand. In the United States, the, the speed limit only applies to publicly owned roads. But if every road is publicly owned, then you'll never be able to experience the thrill. Oh, uh, see, uh, we have, <laughs> as a, in a state dominated by uh, turnpikes, uh, I'd rather not pay uh, $6 to f fill that fill, uh, um, the gas. What's uh, a turnpike? That's just what me. What the hell is that? 
What's that mean? Oh, a turnpike's a private road that you gotta pay to use. Uh, oh, they we call that a toll road. Our highway. Let's call that a yeah. turnpike? Yes. Turnpike. Yeah. It, Is that what they say in Oklahoma? Toll? It makes. Yeah. You guys aren't even yes. a real state anymore. Yeah, you're just part of Texas. Fuck you. Northern Texas. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I've been hey. to Oklahoma. It's ain't shit there. Okay. Nothing there. Cows. You guys, I'm going home. No, uh, generally I agree with you, but uh, yeah, pikes uh, because pike right that turns up the rail oh. that prevents you from going on turnpike. Oh, okay. This is not an wow. Oklahoma-only phrase. I know. I knew it from like New Jersey, like New York. They say that like the turnpike yeah. going from one, and I I never yeah. knew what it what it was. Yeah. I thought this was a good opportunity isn't, to ask. Pike also a type of fish. Yes. Oh, no. A pike is a type of fish. A pike is also an old word for a certain type of... And it, it resembles uh, a spear yeah, because yeah. it's a rod. And so it turns up. It's a turnpike. Okay. Uh, and a pike is just like 15 feet long. It, it stops a car. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's a weird... I have toll roads in Europe. Yeah. Basically, we have giant they medieval suck. spears on the roads. And if you drive too fast, <laughs> you get impaled. <laughs> if you don't pay for the road... They kill you. you. Yeah. <laughs> we have places that uh, this is capitalism. Um, they, they actually uh, spikes in the road uh, on a two-way road, and you can go over one way. Fine. You try to cut through and go around the pole, you'll just destroy your tire. Those are oh yeah, common. yeah. I've seen those uh, on. <laughs> yeah, I think Mr. B. But um, Miguel, finally, I'm going to ask you what what's your response to, to the like the new? There's an international socialist working. Any reason? <laughs> He's so excited. Uh, yeah. We Hello. can hear you. I can. Uh, Hello. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear me. I can still hear you all. Hello. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, so I don't know if it's been Anarchist. made clear by, by now, uh, but I kind of uh, shiver at the thought of like organizations uh, like, and, the, and something called a work and something called a working group. Uh, sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, yes, the there are a lot of... Make it like an action group, then, for a, a smoke weed uh, and talk about shit. I mean, we obviously, can change I'm the Spanish, name. so because of working. It could be changed. Uh, control here. Whatever you want. <laughs> the commune. <laughs> At the same time, uh, there are a lot of awful organizations out there uh, so i guess having oh, ones that okay. actually stand for that something that is very terrible is good uh, uh i don't know that i'll be if joining we had like an anarchist soon, enigma would you. you consider joining we can call it that. <laughs> what what would an anarchist enigma be i don't know it's just certainly not an organization uh, so so they would just uh turn listen to punk music uh they'd probably uh start they but, would uh um, uh, what's it? To, to uh, make infighting to to make punk music a band and a band is an organization if I'm mistaken here. So uh, no, <laughs> it's, a, it's a free association Voluntary of producers. Association. Yeah, it's, it's a free association. Yeah, we um, have a lot of anarchists in watch. Yeah. A punk band are the highest expression of anarchist con. They are the definition of a co-op. Okay, enough ribbing. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's, that's extremely valid. I, I think your uh, lazy Southern Europeanness aside, uh, I, I think that's a valid take to have. And, and, so, and it's pretty uh, cheap to join. You know, it's only it's it's the lowest price is like one dollar a, a month, and you can pay in euros. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, 
Yeah, Would okay. I reach out right. every day in this right. state? So if I, I have money, want to I don't talk think about, so. Uh, <laughs> so I actually do want to talk about the low uh, dues price. Uh, I, you know, when thinking of a, you know, here in America, like uh, our organizations tend to have pretty steep dues prices. Uh, party I am in particular, but I actually, you know, when thinking of a global organization, I, I felt like. I actually really appreciated it being so low because not everyone is from the global north who afford uh, the same amount of money uh, just straight out of their paycheck as I could, right? I, I thought that was actually a very neat aspect of the dues-paying structure uh, so far. So did you guys consciously think about that? Like, uh, oh, what yeah. was the uh Yeah, it took us like two weeks to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, conversations. The research, like Andreas did like re Yeah, we had a lot of different ideas, but implementation is also really hard. We thought about yeah. doing like based on countries. We can't I mean, we're, really... we're limited by software. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of difficult yeah. to make all of your... So then it was just to make it, have yeah. really cheap options alongside. It, it, we had to kind of like reach the balance being affordable, cashing in on that keeping the organization like North America. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have yeah. uh, some some discussions with the neoliberals in your group about uh, how meritocratic <laughs> elements uh, play a role? Like if you pay fifty dollars, you get fifty votes uh, in comparison to the one. <laughs> you only no, $1. We have none of that. Like, do, you, do you already? It's not the EU Parliament. Parliament. Yeah, yeah, and that's why. That's what I. Make a campaign donation. To yeah. App door. Yeah, there we go. My EBAN is in the description. Uh, yeah, like um, coming back, and uh, nobody's gonna yeah, be able to get for the two thousand dollars stimulus check, so we can have a streaming. So. Um, yeah, that's good. We uh, we should invest. we could set up a donation goal uh, on that one in the YW. We should invest. You know, in you can propose chair. that. What it? A gaming what? A gaming chair. A gaming oh. chair. Yeah. Remember. How good you are in the game only depends on the gaming yeah. chair. Yeah, you, also, can, you uh, look how, like a race car driver. You are um, depends on the gaming chair you're sitting on. So wait, like wait, chairs and like leader mm -hmm. of a group or like the actual no, no. gaming a chair. chair? The gaming chair. We should all have the same one. <laughs> yeah, we also have um what are called chairs, like chairs of committees, which is why it's a bit confusing. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. What we're talking about, like the working group. No, There's no, like, we, we use too many Gamers work, rise up. We need our own working group and our own chairs. Yeah, no, that's fascist shit. That's not allowed. <laughs> oh, that's, that's gonna be dare the hot take for next week. Uh, gaming chairs are fascist. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Games are a tool of the bourgeoisie, you know. We always end up talking uh, about fascism. And the military, in the like, end, like yeah. Call of Duty I mean, and Army and shit. I mean, come on. Open your eyes. No, yeah. yeah. Like last week, Fast I was media production to in general. the German military. And I triggered him by asking him at which uh, KD ratio you could join the German military. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it's just an... <laughs> Awful, and then I decided to not. Um, okay, I was going Ooh, to. I know Nick. Not gonna Nick was going to do it. Nick no. was in like ROTC. He was going to do it. I'm going to rat you out, Nick. Yeah, I'm I went totally... to a for a year. I went to like a military academy. Now I was thinking about joining the army. Uh, I uh, since Aston uh, reintroduced me to. I was a JROTC. I I yeah. found the subreddit uh, just just food. <laughs> do you know yeah. that one? The what? Just, uh, the subreddit just food things. Oh, I love that. It's yeah, so good. Uh, that's one of my so favorite. Like, well, which one is it? Like, fun of uh, just just boot things. 
it's about being food um, is like when you're a silly soldier. Yeah. I don't know what to call it. You're really into being yeah. a yeah. soldier. Yeah. And they the are also yeah. making a lot of fun of JROT. Yeah. 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 And so we, I've they made my fair share of JROTs. Yeah, I think it's the one group in most high schools that everyone kind of hates. No. Yeah. Uh, I never, I didn't understand. We, I was so confused. I was in it for three years. <laughs> God. Oh, that's that horrible. Was a what was your rank? Believer. Like your final rank? Uh, did you See, have ranks like Boy Scouts or something? Yeah, when I left, I was a sergeant. Yeah, I was uh, my class sergeant. I led my class in drill and ceremony, PT. I also led the class in. No, I America's not fascist. A... Don't worry, guys. I don't, I don't want to brag, but my school had the yeah. biggest regiment in the. We had a lieutenant yeah. colonel. What the? Yeah. What is going on? See, you guys are kids. You should be smoking oh. weed. We were pretty lucky. We had a, as our, uh, so JRTC, the way it's structured for you guys who don't know, uh, you have two teachers. One was an officer in the military and one was an NCL. So we had a command sergeant major and a colonel uh, and both retired. And then we, uh, our, our uh, color guard was nationals. Uh, I believe our, my junior year our female color guard got to, uh so yeah, we had a pretty like real, there's like deep tradition. competitions between it's like clubs like oh like yes. cheerleading yeah, yeah. It's a big thing yes did, did you it's, ever join drill squad huge. or rifle squad um no <laughs> because i thought they because they were like they were too nerdy for the rest of us yeah that's like too they nerdy, cared huh? about it too much oh it was oh, hard they were like, for like a week children school. these are little yeah. like 13 year olds yeah no they like abuse it's bad it's awful I, I joined like the, a, the rifle squad and I had to stand mm -hmm. still for like three hours. <laughs> yeah. Holding a salute. See, th see, thankfully our our school banned the uh, actual like there there used to be a program and there still is in some schools where they uh, teach you how to shoot BB guns for some fucking reason and they teach you like stuff like that. Our school district banned it mostly because we have a lot of gangs uh and uh like they were concerned about gangs in the early 2000s and so they stopped it but uh yeah JRTC just giving you weapons like, when you were like 13 they're like here you go welcome to yeah, the army well 14 well 14 to be fair uh you're basically an adult at that point <laughs> Yeah, no, JRTC says its claim is not to indoctrinate kids and not to uh, uh, make them join them. the The structure uh, incentivizes joining the If you're yeah. in a JRTC program for three years, mm -hmm. uh, you start, um, the, uh, you enter basic training as a private first class. Um, the and benefits so, start at two years? Ooh, it might be two years. I, I, I don't know. It might be but two years. that's not years, as good yeah, as going years. to school and joining as an officer. I always thought that if I joined the military, it'd be after my bachelor's, and then I would be an officer. Yeah, and yeah, but, you best. know, you, well, you got to think about it. These are kids who want to be soldiers, so they already have, like, uh, um, they already hate officers for some fucking, and they yeah. all just want to be, like, drill instructors. Um, I'm not going to give too yeah, many no, details. No, it's literally the worst of the worst. But uh, one what, of my roommates at school. What was that? I don't want to give too many details, but one of my roommates at school, he's in ROT, and he was at the uh, the Capitol. Thing happened. I'm not shocked. I'm not yeah, shocked. I know. Yeah, on, on which side? <laughs> on which side? Was he on? Like, was he? Like when they, when they, he or... wasn't. He didn't go inside. He was there. And this guy's gonna be like an officer. Yeah. No. There's there's an <laughs> launching investigations into like 70 different service members. Uh, an extremely high amount of number uh, of people there were active duty military, mm -hmm. or at least on the yeah. Uh, yeah, like uh, including these officers. Also, these guys also destroyed um, a German camera team's uh, 
equipment, so uh, I mean, which has sparked a pretty big uh, discussion in Germany as well, uh, because we um, communally, we all together as an organization pay for our um, media, and we we get pretty angry if they're disturbed in their work. So um, mm. that's we'll see. German Actually, world domination. If they're, if they're... They're angering the Germans. I guess it's based on critical support. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, I really like the Capital Rioters. I really enjoy what they did. Yeah, it's if weird. the Germans are upset, I'm happy. I still haven't forgiven them over Alsace Lorraine. <laughs> when when domination <laughs> will take place, you won't be spared, man. <laughs> oh, we know how it goes. I down. know. No I'm, I'm converting to Judaism. I know I won't be. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. Blonde hair. I live in Berlin. I speak. Uh, you, we get it, Stash. You're fine. Oh no, did we lose him? Yeah, we lost him. Did okay, we lose well, I, I did, my rib got in. Eston. What, what's the name of it? <laughs> in East Germany, it was just Stasi. Now it's the yeah. Now, now we have uh, yeah. That's like uh, BND is for um, CIA for, external. Yeah, for external stuff, and we have inside Germany, we have um, a police called Verfassungsschutz, like. Uh, protectors of the constitution um mm. yeah so having the, a secret the thing with them is they are not really sounds, protecting the that's yeah, sounds, sounds like an american militia sounds like an american militia like um, they, they, have right constitution, like, um, they have a pretty <laughs> right-wing uh, boss or head uh, the last years mm -hmm. and as a couple of things uh, came to the light of day it turned out that the verfassungsschutz funded right-wing uh, militias in germany so um John. You're not pretty, not Dude, too you guys far off a... with your assessment here, Miguel. <laughs> you have like every other month, like there's a new scandal involving like a neo-Nazi in the least fort. I'm not oh, shocked yeah. whatsoever uh, about that organization funding right-wing. Uh, oh, but there was. What about the? Didn't they just? Didn't the Verfassungsschutz or or the court, the Constitutional Court, Verfassungsgericht? Didn't they mm -hmm. just say that the AfD is? An extremist organization that like puts them on on track for being banned or something. Didn't something happen there? No, 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 no. Uh, you you can't be confused here. Um, they are debating if it should be a Verdachtsfall, like if there uh, should be uh, a kind of suspicion towards the AfD, not if they uh, should be banned yet, but if there should uh, be some kind of suspicion. And I, in my case, can say I've been suspicious of the AfD since 2014. <laughs> right now, in, um, yeah, judicial uh, circle. Oh wow, well, that's Hot cool. Yeah, What's it, it next? You're going to suspect the Golden Dawn? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's going to be next. And um, there is on the uh, back to the Verfassungsschutz and uh, funding right-wing militias. There is also um, this these kind of circumstances where uh, I think it was 1.3. A uh, million bullets and a couple of weapons uh, went mm -hmm. missing from the German military and turned up at the places of right-wing militias. So who did that? I don't know. I don't know wow. what's happening. I don't you know. guys. One point three million bullets <laughs> happens all the time. Just dropped yeah. at the wrong place. Well, in America, America, yeah. I, they like I, encourage I it. In the military. Well. In the United States, after Vietnam, uh, the white supremacists, particularly the Klan, was very uh, intentional about getting its members in certain places in order to smuggle out weapons for the white supremacist movement. And they were very, uh, very successful. And really, the only alternative was the Black Panthers, who were also very successful at getting uh, black GIs to smuggle them weapons. Are you going <laughs> That's to why use... 
are, are you going to use that tactic for the socialist group? For the International Socialist Working uh, Group? Why did we in have general? to make Craig no, leave? Write the, this down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't so, say that in uh, recorded, but our militias are definitely so on, on the table. Yeah, cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> so, no one pay attention on May 1st, 21. Nothing's happening on that uh, at all. A bunch of young world better let's take over the about. UN. May 1st? I really is that like that. Landlord Day? <laughs> That's uh, International Workers Day. Uh, it's International Thank Your Landlord Day. Oh, okay, don't even make that joke. It I, is I, a I, sacred I, holiday. How do you define, like, who's part of the working? Ooh, How's that's that a good question. It's a so complicated I want to know if question. I'm a worker. Okay, do, what do, do you do? Do you work? Do you I work, work at a restaurant. A... Yes. Yeah, yes, you're, you're a busboy. You're yeah. a patron, Yes. Right? Okay, so... Do you own the... your restaurant? Yes, I, I own the restaurant where I'm a... <laughs> <laughs> no, well, does your family own okay. it? No. No. Okay, no, then you're good. So, the... In the Marxist sense, and that's the definition of which I use, I think other definitions are bad. Uh, the, the distinction <laughs> is, one, whether you own capital. I do own capital. I have stocks. Cool. Does so that no. count? What do I have? Not, that's, that's a complicated question, but not really. <clears throat> um, okay. But, so, so, you don't own the capital in the business, and you're a wager. Mm -hmm. uh, both of those uh, categories... Uh, apply, then you are a worker. Uh, it's actually quite complicated on who is a worker and who isn't. You know, we often think culturally a worker is like the blue collar factory worker, mm -hmm. right? That's not the case in the Marxist. Uh, a plumber who is widely considered blue collar worker may actually own his business and therefore he's uh, a, in the Marxist, he's petty bourgeois. He, mm -hmm. He's a small business owner, right? Uh, and he's not a worker, even though he may work with his, uh, he, he owns uh, capital. A homeowner does not satisfy, usually does not satisfy that requirements because most homeowners don't actually home their, own their homes. They pay mortgages. A loan does not uh, satisfactory mean you now own capital or you now own property. That's kind of what the delineation is. What is are. capital is it also a, a pretty big question of its coming yeah. to, I guess. Yeah. Like, and if, as I don't know, uh, it's things that make money. There needs to be added um, a definition like um, if you're dependent on your wage. Mm -hmm. Like, um, there are people working who don't need to work, and I really welcome this one. Like, uh, uh, millionaires that are humble and still uh, put their or apply themselves for the greater good of society, as, uh, as, rare, as rarely as it happens, but it does. And like in my case, like um, on top of me being a student, I uh, I create websites, like not really for a living, but uh, to have an income. And I own everything I need uh, to create a website. Like I have my computer, I have the knowledge of how to uh, program HTML and all these things, like it's all my capital, but I'm still dependent on earning money every month. and. In these terms, in, it's, uh, I'm dependent on working every month. And I also believe that this makes me a worker uh, to some extent. Yeah, and that's I, where I the, with... a lot of the debate mm. lies, is yeah. like uh, contracting. Uh, yeah. I, I'm generally in fond of a more broader sense of the working class in that way, just because of the way the uh, economy has been restructured since the 70s. We have to, by necessity, uh, we have to be more open to gig work in particular. Um, and some people, I think, have generally have bad takes. I was in a, uh, so I'm in a reading group 
uh, reading the Communist Manifesto. Um, and it was brought up yesterday because we're talking about classes within the working class. And we, we got on to gig worker. You know, there, oh, a comrade uh, was actually quite upset, right? She, she uh, ha- has been in uh, meetings of like the DSA and uh, told like to her face, you're not a worker uh, and things like that. And it's like, this is supposed to be a socialist organization. Um, I, I don't attach any like moral superiority to being a worker or not, uh, but to just face of reality like that is shocking. But yeah, you're a worker. I, and, a I remember the Vanguard class that will lead the workers, yeah. right? <laughs> Steve, yeah, uh, like, the Vanguard is class fun. is not a class. It's a subsection oh. of the working class, or ah, it's a part of uh, the intelligentsia section of the ruling. Oh, okay. That and uh, I'm probably somewhere in there. The simple yeah. definition I've heard is that if you work to live, you're a worker. And it's kind of like what Alex is mm. saying. And I, honestly, I think that makes a lot of Kind of does, I, right? But yeah. then you get you you get to the point of some people like legitimately run a business and uh, they may be able to afford one person uh, to work with them, but they still have to work. At that point, are they petty bourgeois? Are they workers? I think uh, if they're employing other people and they're not the... Uh, they're not just exploiting themselves, right? I think at that point, that's the what about like farmer? Uh, you know, farmers owners, are a different like, thing. Uh, it, okay, peasants. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Landowners farmers are, are. Yeah, farmers are generally uh, either considered petty bourgeois or they are considered their own class. Uh, traditionally, that was the peasantry, but the peasantry. The definition of is they don't own their land for the most part. Uh, but they do own some capital, but they still work. Uh, and so not mm-hmm. seen, they're seen as a toiling class for sure. They work, but are they the working class in the way Marx describes it? I know but, that in Maoism, the strong emphasis on pe- And that's part of the reason I don't like Maoism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, what about and, the professional so managerial it, class? Have you guys heard of that? The new... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah don't get me that. started. I really... I don't really like the analysis. We, we talked about them last week, if I remember. Con- was it that? Uh, was it last week? Uh, I'm just asking the group of people that taught me this idea. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> the PMC, this PMC class is essentially uh, this idea, and it starts off as a fundamentally right-wing idea. Uh, it's made by uh, James Burnham, who was a Trotskyist who became a conservative neocon, who wrote uh, for uh, Buckley's... Uh, magazine forgetting the name of a big conservative guy he wrote in the 30s this book called the managerial revolution in which his thesis is that uh the capitalist class no longer actually runs the society itself but it uh uh, rents it out to uh this managerial class Uh, and the more modern examples of the mc thesis go off on that idea in that we are creating this uh, through uh, accreditation and universities. We're creating the upper layer of the working class. Its interests are becoming distinct from the working. That's kind of generally how it's true. I don't like this idea, uh, mostly because it, it, it creates this weird loop of, okay, say I've graduated college, right? Am I a member of the PMC? Am I considered an aspiring member of the PMC who just hasn't made it there? Can you, murkiness there um and then there's just like institutes the pmc right uh is it teachers nurses or just like really any professional jobs that uh need accreditation some people think that some people don't it's just an amorphous blob that i don't think is particularly mm. useful you know brandon um, it, 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 it I, yes 
I, I really like uh, how Barbara Ehrenreich um, formulated it because she brought it back into a Marxist perspective and um, in her interpretation it was um, a tool for the bourgeoisie to uh, still control uh, the working class without uh, having to do the hands-on oppression. Like uh, having the PMC uh, means having people who are devoted to the bourgeoisie but uh, and do the uh, necessary oppression uh, without, yeah, um, being bourgeois themselves. Oh wow, that's a crazy I, analysis. I think that's interesting. I, 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 again, I just don't. One, I, I think a certain stratum of that may exist. Uh, I, I'm not going to say like there's no workers that are like that. Uh, I, I just don't see it as a useful category. Uh, just because it could be either too broad to be useful or too narrow um and for me i haven't seen a clear substantiation of uh i i respect barbara ehrenreich i think she's done a lot for the socialist movement uh as an organizer and as a journalist i'm just not a fan of the pmc uh characterization and i just don't think it's uh has a lot of marxist bona fides um but nick you had a uh question for me I just wanted to say that this is a fascinating conversation, <laughs> and it, it's kind of interesting Thank to me you. in learning more about socialism. And you know what? I think having these types of conversations might be a good thing. Internationals, perhaps. And that's kind of one of the yeah. Well, that's uh, kind of one of the things I want to talk about. It. Uh, what ways do since there's like the three of us here and just like a broader. What ways do you think uh, the uh, internationals work international work, uh, socialist working group should approach? Uh, say the ywf or the world federalist movement uh in general and then we can talk about like later element because for me i think start off with just within world federalist spaces i think there is a general like lack of understanding of what socialism is uh mm -hmm. at least the way socialists talk about it uh there's the ideas of oh it's the government controls the means of production or whatever uh vis-a-vis -vis the soviet union or something uh which Socialists all disagree about the social uh, the Soviet. Listen in a room, you get six opinions. But I think like calls like this, like just like where we get to answer questions, would be a good way to start. Mm. Just to yeah. people and to like you. Hey, you have questions about what socialism and things like that. Kind of like the R slash socialism board frequently has questions. We could just talk to people, right? I think that's just to make sure people like don't think this is a weird group off to the side that's not really talking to anybody that means mm -hmm. a community yeah so that's really good but like what's some ideas yeah. you got? I mean, ideally this should be you know we should have a sort of like hands-off approach we have this working group driven mm -hmm. by the members and by socialist world fellows yeah. themselves but i yeah. i definitely do want it to, to you know, develop socialism through a world federalist perspective you know write articles right you know talk to members and have me and also you know to balance theory with you know praxis practice yeah to, to reach out to socialist organizations to reach out to socialist communities to talk to them about world federalism and i know that there's a lot of there's a lot of support out there for these sorts of ideas i know a lot of socialists support freedom of movement and a lot of socialists you know don't re-identify with the nations there's definitely yeah. a, a lot of potential mm -hmm. a lot yeah, yeah. And that's it's, how we uh, can address it with what I think it's an interesting idea to do like Q Q and A's or something like that. I don't know what the proper format would be, but to basically like yeah, introduce these idea and to other world federalists uh and using world federalism as like the common ground. That's an interesting mm -hmm. and then and then do the same thing with socialists, introduce them to world federalism using socialists as the common ground. So that's quite interesting. I, there's a lot of socialists to be have. Shaking both hands. Yeah, like, already a big audience. I think so too. Uh <laughs> 
I was just uh, thinking about like uh, sort of Orion. You know, it's a little writing group. I think mm-hmm. most of us are in some way involved. Uh, I think generally that's kind of a model or so to start with of just like, hey, mm-hmm. it's a group of people sharing ideas and making content. But I, I, I do think we do need to interrogate. Hopefully more members join. And uh, at the end of this episode, which we'll wrap up in a couple minutes, I do want either you or Aston to uh, tell people where they can join uh, the YWF. But uh, once we have more members, is getting just why the push the YWF has started to make is to get into real world activism formation. Yeah, that's a- I, I definitely want to see that. Even if it's just, hey, we got somebody with the sign on the corner of a street yeah. uh, once a week. Oh, know? it's going to be that for a long time. I'll send you some photos. It was like a few people. Yeah, I've seen that. It's yeah. pretty dope. Yeah. Just to say one Outside final thing. My, uh, my concern is that YWF will splinter off and that we'll have you mm. know people get a separate organization. And I understand that it'll happen eventually, but at the moment there's so few of us that I want to keep things together. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why we're setting up this working group. Yeah, so we have, there's so few of us and so one, few resources. We need to stay together. Mm. I, I agree, right? I think pluralism is one of the few good liberal values. Um, and I think, uh, you know, mm, you mentioned by giving very... people, <laughs> uh, you know, by giving people an outlet to in which they can express themselves, maybe at least, at least be a pressure valve, right? Yeah. I think That's generally the there, there needs to be an agreement on how we conduct ourselves within uh, and the movement of we can be acerbic sometimes, but we need to keep in mind that at least we agree on this one thing and that's what we're trying to achieve. Uh, mm. And just a little bit of humility and saying, cause I know I'm bad at this sometimes. Like I'll, I'll just blow up on, but to be like, <laughs> Hey, we agree on this. We're going to keep trying uh, to work with you, at least on this one issue, but I'm going to oppose you along like, uh, you know, for everything. It's like we work together until every man mm-hmm. for, for yeah, lives are out. And <laughs> we form, and we form political parties. That's, yeah, that's, that's what I really for want. me. That, yeah, that's the that's idea, right? Except for Miguel, I think. Miguel, yeah, those yeah, are organizations. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <sorry>. voluntary association <laughs> of communes, not, not world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what is what kind of See. what kind of world federalist are you, Miguel? Come on, state. So <laughs> yeah, confederalist. Um, World federalism from below, baby. Um, no, no, I think. Yeah, uh, but I, but I really like that. that. I now, 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 I come in here and defend Miguel because um, I think social constructivism <laughs> in terms of international relations, uh, the most powerful tool we have to secure peace between nations. It's the most pr- powerful tool we have. Um, yeah, yeah. That's it, where global citizenship I, 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 comes I, in. You got to construct that. I got to build people. That's where I think our discussion. Yeah. We're human beings. Like, a global movement for uh, unification or for mm-hmm. unions in general, uh, like national yeah. unions I'm talking about, not my kind of union, um, is a starting point, right? I, it's this broader national, international. Uh, I, I don't know how Miguel feels about this issue, and I don't want to piss him off, but in Catalonia, <laughs> you can see this in the alliance of left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't bring up Catalonia. <laughs> <laughs> we shit on the Republican left and left. Okay, we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, actually, I do think it's about time for us to wrap this. Uh, yeah. Thank you much, Nicholas, for uh, coming on the show. Thank You've you been a blast, <laughs> of course. Uh, we finally have gotten a guest on a most moderate, so whoop whoop. Uh, 
We're getting First, uh, Nicholas, <laughs> do you have anything you'd like to plug? And then could you describe how people could join the YWF and perhaps join the... I'd like the, to thank uh, my sponsor, George Soros, Soros and the, the Open Society, Society Foundation for paying me to come on. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, are um, you gay yet? <laughs> not yet. Mm. Yeah, who knows how to change? If you're, if you're interested in joining YWF and in joining our work and become a member by going to YWF.worldaction, uh, you'll gain a number of rights and benefits, like exclusive channels on our Discord server, uh, being able to vote in our annual elections, or even run to become a director, and um, hmm. a few other things, like joining committees and stuff like that. And, uh, We're yeah, working on more yeah. benefits. Yeah. It's, it's more to come. It's been great to be fun. Yeah, you get to pay to join committees. Sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, pay to work. <laughs> Unless you want to be an organizer. Yeah, yeah. Don't you want that, Miguel? Come on. That's Thank all you. we have. Voluntary. Miguel hates uh, everything about German system, like organizations and work. It's everything he hates, and I don't yeah. know. <laughs> See, okay. I don't know what he likes. Uh, okay, Miguel, do you have anything you'd like to plug and out? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. <laughs> okay, mustache. How about you? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. YWF.world/action. Um. Give us uh, money. Total Global. Yeah, give us money. I got a podcast. You should listen to that. We haven't done a new episode in a while. My parents are staying here. It's still here. good. It's yeah, a good you can podcast. listen to the backlog. We have seven episodes, so I mean, hey, we They're we've great. officially count the lost episode. We've caught up. Oh so. wow, that, you're probably yeah. will pass. It's way complicated to organize, and my parents <laughs> are here right now. Anyway, yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, Alex, <laughs> I'm not even going to ask you. I know you're not plugging yeah. anything. Um, I'm off Brandon at off Brandon's on Twitter. You can follow this podcast at most moderate on, uh, you can email us at most moderate, uh, at gmail.com. If you have any questions, shoot me a DM, uh, follow that, our uh, Twitch channel. Uh, in the meantime, maybe when the, uh, $2,000 stimulus check drops, uh, we will be able to afford a streaming PC and get back in the streaming business again. Oh, I didn't see oh. it. No, it's oh, you didn't. You're lucky. It was oh. bad. <laughs> it was we terrible. lost the episode, and I'm glad. <laughs> you did? Right. But at least we tried. Yeah. We tried. I was going to watch it. All right. It, it, it wasn't oh. well organized. All right. <laughs> organize it. Oh, my. <laughs> okay. What do you watch that I am? Um, yes. Um, and with that, I'd like to remind like, everyone yeah, to I had the idea the... of streaming zone, and I didn't set, up, set it up properly. It was uh, mostly my fault. Okay, can I do the outro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can organize it, so. Oh, but... Are we gonna have a vote? <laughs> <laughs> outro. We're about to split. Uh, and so this was most moderate. Remember to keep the faith See you next week. Goodbye. Hey. Goodbye. All right. Bye. And then you just <laughs> that's based. Just I, I just see the article you posted. Is that it? Oh, yeah. Did you see the, uh, it's still recording, but yes, I got what I. Uh, what this episode was like pure chaotic energy.